Amen. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 27. Matthew chapter number 27. Let me say it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We have covered uh, uh, several characters uh, in this particular chapter, in chapter number 26. Uh, We've talked about Peter and his denial. Uh, Judas and his betrayal, Barabbas and the great exchange, Jesus took his place. But today I want to talk about the thieves on the cross, specifically the one thief that that is uh, uh, known to have gone to heaven and uh, and see what it has. You know, most of the time when you're preaching, you take a chapter, uh, you're targeting a group. Sometimes you're targeting Christians and what Christians need to do and what Christians need to practice and Sometimes the the message targets specifically sinners, lost people, and their need for Jesus and salvation. But this message is going to target both. We're going to really, you could take and make a message out of each one of these points, but we're not going to do that today. But I want to make sure everybody understands that, that, that there is something here for you today. There's only two kinds of people in this room right now, the saved and the lost. There's only two. There's only two. God only distinguishes people in two ways, whether you're saved or whether you're lost. And all God's people say it. And so we're going to target both. What what does the saved need to know today? And what does the lost need to know today? And I'm glad God's got a message for both. Amen? Amen. Let's look in Matthew 27 and verse number 33, I believe is where we stopped last, last time. 32. So we'll jump into 33. If you found your spot, Matthew 27, 33, say amen. Amen. And when they were gone or they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when they had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. And set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, reviled him. Uh, That word means to speak hateful of, to... Uh, speak in a mean and spiteful way, wagging their heads and saying, thou that destroys the temple, buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. In other words, mocking him. Likewise, also the chief priest mocking him said, uh, uh, mocking him with the scribes and elders said, he saved others himself. He cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. If he will have him for he said, I am the son of God. Now let's read. Everybody read this with me. Verse 44. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Now, the, the, the second word, the thieves. Is that singular or plural. That means there's more than now. Sometimes we look at this and, and I'm going to, I'm going to show you in the other, the other gospels. Uh, we saw one thief was a good thief and the other thief was a bad thief, right? One thief believed and one thief didn't. 
But there's more to that story than meets the eye. And you got to see something drastically happens more than just his salvation that happened on the cross. And, and, and so we'll get to that. So if you're ready to study God's word, say amen. amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for a wonderful crowd this morning. Thank you for wonderful music and singing and worship. And Lord, we need your presence right now. I need it. I need you to touch me and touch my heart and touch my mind. Lord, I believe I have what you want me to teach today, and I pray that you help me to teach it and to preach it in a way that is understandable. Teach it in a way that everybody can get something from it. I pray for the lost today. I pray that they'll see that there's no sinner that he can't save. Lord, I pray for the saved today to understand how important it is our response to people to lead them to salvation. And God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, you bear with me today. I, I, I flew in a plane yesterday and it always gets my equilibrium and, and ears messed up. I feel like I'm listening in a barrel today. So with that being said, uh, uh, I, want, I want to look, look in your notes, look in your notes and look at the top of your notes on the first page. Uh, you remember sometimes that we, when we're, we're reading a topic or we're reading uh, about a particular character that you want to go through all of the gospels and see what they all say about the same situation and the same story. So I took the synoptic gospels, which are the synonymous ones, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and I printed them, put them, put them there in your notes, in the top of your notes, so we can get a full picture of what we're looking at. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Now, I know we're starting in Matthew 27, uh, but we're going we're gonna to basically take most of the content out of Luke's gospel describing the same situation because he goes into more detail about what takes place with this thief on the cross, all right? So let's look here. Matthew 27, verse 38 says, Then there were two thieves crucified with him. Verse 44, The thieves also... The thieves also, plural, that means both of them, both of them. What did they do? They were casting the same in his teeth. Now, if we was to say that today, when I was growing up, it, it would be like in your face. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So this is King James for in your face. It is a mocking term. It is a, a term of derision. It's a hateful term. They're, they're being spiteful with Jesus and mocking him for what he claimed and who he claimed to be. Now, look at, look at, look at what Mark says about it. Look what Mark says about it. Verse 27. And with him, they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand and the other on his left. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross. This is what the thieves are saying. That we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him. Is they singular or plural? Plural. So that means it was, it was both of them. They that were crucified with him reviled him. Reviled him. In other words, speaking hatefully toward him. So this is both of them. They were both doing it. They were both mocking him. They were both speaking hateful and despiteful to him. But something happened. Luke chapter 23, verse 32 says, And there were also two other malefactors, meaning criminals, 
led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, they were crucified uh, there. They crucified him and the malefactors on the right hand and on the other on the left. Then said Jesus, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other, but the other, things are changing now. But the other answering rebuked him saying, dost not thou fear God? Seeing thou art in the same condemnation, we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, today, say it with me, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Now, let's look at the notes. Let's look at the notes. If we're taking notes, write this down. Number one. Number one, we're, 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 and obviously, obviously we're going to concentrate and focus on the believing thief, right? The one that goes to heaven, the one that gets saved in a deathbed. And by the way, if you don't be, believe in deathbed uh, salvation, you're going to dismiss this story because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jesus will take you. Say amen. amen. Now watch this, write this down. First of all, I want you to see the past that condemned him. The past that condemned him. What do we, what do we need to know about this thief? That he was a thief. He was wicked. He was a bad guy. Listen, he was a sinner. He was a sinner. Two things, write these two things down and then we'll, we'll talk about this. Uh, first of all, first of all, his past, his past was depraved. Write that down. His past was depraved. And then I'm going to give you the second one and we'll just talk about it. All right. His past was depraved and his past was destructive. The two things we can learn from this was several things we can learn from this. One, uh, we believe, we believe that this man was a partner to Barabbas. You remember us talking about this last time with Barabbas? Uh, Barabbas was a rebel. Barabbas was an insurrectionist. He was a murderer. He committed murder in the insurrection. We believe these two guys were partners with Barabbas. And you got to understand he was being crucified. Crucifixion was only for the worst of the worst of the worst criminals. You are not crucified for stealing something. They may cut off your hand, but they're not going to crucify you simply for stealing. This was a bad guy. He was a wicked, wicked man. Listen, he was depraved, but it led to his destruction. Now, what do we learn from that? There's always a price for sin. There's always a consequence. There's always a penalty for the wages of sin is death. Now watch what the Bible says. Watch what the Bible says in James chapter one, verse 15. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth what? Death. There is a price. There is a consequence. There is an end to this uh, situation in his life. It brought destruction to his life. It brought death to his life. It brought sorrow to his life. It brought pain to his life. But this is what I want you to see. And for those of you that are in here that are lost, 
those that are, are here and you think you've gone too far. Those in here that you think you've been too bad. Those that you think that you've, you've done sin more than there is grace to forgive it. I've got good news for you. God is bigger than your past. I was sitting here, I was sitting here this week, uh, and, and we were talking about this. I, I was talking, uh, with brother Willie about this and we were discussing the two thieves and, uh, one was forsaken. The other one was forgiven. And, and, and when we see their, their lives were so similar and their lives were so much the same. And, and, and a lot of times people think, well, I've just been too bad. I've done too much. I've gone too far. I've been in this thing too long and, and there is no hope for me. Well, let me tell you something. This thief gives hope for everybody. This thief gives hope for everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you've done. There is hope for every sinner. Every sinner has a, listen, I, this, have you ever heard this phrase? Have you ever heard this phrase? Every saint, every saint has a path. Now, I'm saying it on purpose. Every saint. In other words, don't nobody throw your nose up in the air thinking you somebody. Because we all have skeletons in our closet. We all have things we regret. We all have things that we're ashamed of. We all have things we hope nobody finds out about. Say amen. Every saint has a past. But every sinner can have a future. Now watch this. This is what I want you to see. Look at, look at the verses. Look at the verses. First Timothy 1 First Timothy 1 This is Paul speaking. Now, most everybody, when you think of the apostle Paul, you think church planner, you think missionary, you think preacher, you think theologian, you think scripture writer, but there is, there is two sides to Paul. You see, he, 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 he was a murderer. Come on. He, he wreaked havoc on the church. In the terminology that's used in the scriptures in the book of Acts, it is as a, as a wild animal would mangle its prey. That's what Paul was doing to the church. He would hail, he would go into, he would break down the door and go into a house and drag professing Christians out and take them to their death and their destruction. But watch what he says. Watch what he says. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am. In other words, Paul said, if you lined up all of the sinners from top to bottom, I would be number one on the list. I'm the worst of the worst. How be it? How be it? This is it. How be it for this cause I obtained mercy that in me, first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a, for a, to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. What does that mean? Paul is saying, let me tell you why God saved me. Let me tell you why God forgave me. Let me tell you why God came and found me where I was, changed my life and saved me. Because if God can save me, he can save. And all God's people say it. He said, I'm a pattern. I'm a pattern that God 
can say, you know what I see in this thief on the cross? He is a, a prime example that if God can save him, not just that if he can, that he will. That he will. I have seen so many broken people and so many discouraged people and so many hopeless people thinking they've done too much, gone too far, gone too long. That, and this is what they'll say. It's too late. You know what the thief says? I beg your pardon. It's never too late. Come to Christ. Listen, look what it says. Look what it says. I love this. First John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, now we need to all read this. Come on now. And, and the, is it up here? Yeah. And the blood, can, can I have everybody, everybody help me now. Everybody help me now. You remember, I'm hearing in a barrel. I only hear half of you. Y'all got to talk louder. All right. All right. Now, you ready? And the All right. Now, now, if you look in your notes, is there something significant about in your notes right there in that verse? Say it again. Say it again. Everybody at Fairview, you join us with us now. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from. Does that leave any out? No. No. I got good news, y'all. It doesn't matter who you are. God can forgive you. Say amen. amen. The past that condemned him. So you got a past. So what? So does everybody. The thief teaches us it doesn't matter what your past is. Jesus will save you. Number two. <clears throat> that's, that, that points primarily for the unbeliever in here. This points for the believer. This is very significant. I, I, we may just preach this and. No, we're not. We'll preach it all. We're going to preach it all. <clears throat> The perception that changed him. Now I want, you to, I want you to look at this. And hear me out. Hear me out. They're, they're, they get to Calvary. They get to Golgotha. And they're being nailed to a cross. Now get this image in your head. Everybody imagine. You got to use your imagination when you're reading and studying your Bible. And they're nailing. They're screaming. And there's hollering. And there's there's cursing. There's mocking. They're head wagging. They're just there's just all of this taking place at Calvary. And the high priests are mocking. The the common people are mocking. And both thieves are mocking. Both thieves. They know they're dying. They know they're 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 condemned. They know they're fixing to die. And and, and listen. They're just doing all they can to mock Jesus. All they can. And part of the mocking is if you are who you say you are, basically they don't believe that his claim is true. They don't believe he's the Messiah. They don't believe he's God's son. They don't believe he's the savior. And so they're mocking him and saying, if you are who you say you are, get down, save yourself and us. Ha, 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 ha. How many of them? Both of them. Both of them are doing it. Both of them are mocking. Both of them are reviling. It says casting it in his teeth, reviling him, speaking hateful of him. Both of them. But then Dr. Luke says one of them 
begin to correct the other one and actually rebuke the other one and say, man, you got to knock it off. We deserve to be. And he begins to. So something happened. Something happened between the very beginning of the crucifixion to this point. This man changed. Are y'all with me? What happened? What was it? What was it that changed him? What was it that captured his, his, his attention to the point that he was remorseful and he was repentant? Now, you know, he's repentant because you can't get into heaven unless you are. And Jesus said today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. So we know he went to heaven. So we know he repented. We know he changed his mind. We know something happened. What was it? What was it that caused him to change? What was it that moved him from being reviling to being repentant? Something took place. Let me show you. There's only one thing that I could find. I went over it and over it and over it and over it and, and what, what took place and what was said and, and everything. And there's only one thing. There was only one thing that was said between the point of his reviling to the point of his repentance. And let me show you. Let me show you. This is so big. Look what it says in Luke 23. Luke 23, 32. Are you there? Say amen. And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, meaning that was at the point that they nailed him to the cross. All right. That was the point. They nailed him to the cross, lifted him up and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, read it with me. Father, say it again. Father. Can you imagine? That's the only thing. Out of the seven sayings of Christ, this is the saying that took place right before this man changed. Can you imagine being a reviler? Can you imagine being a, a hateful critic, an unbeliever? And watching Jesus and you're expecting him to cry out and condemn the people that are nailing him to a cross, condemn all the haters, to speak spitefully against those that were mistreating him so bad. But that's not what he saw. He heard some of the sweetest words that's ever been, that's ever been put in print. Father, say it with me. What happened? This man witnessed the greatest act of love that's ever been in the history of humanity. The greatest act of compassion, the greatest act of forgiveness. Can you imagine? Steve, can you imagine? I mean, they're in the process of nailing him to a cross and he is forgiving them in the very act of their deed. Man, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. Now watch this. This is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. This is for all the Christians in the house. This is for all the Christians in the house. Watch this. I'm going somewhere. 
First John four nineteen. First John four nineteen. Read it with me. We love. Him. Come on, everybody. Read it with me. Verse nineteen. We love him because. Stop. Because that word, that word means this happened because that happened. Does that make sense? Everybody, come on. Does that make sense? This took place because this took place. Now watch, watch, read it again. We love him. That happened because he stopped. He first, Jesus took the initiative. We didn't come to God and show how good we are. And he said, I think I'm going to love that cat. Y'all with me? Come on, Fairview, get with me. He first, say it with me. He first loved us. Now watch, this is where I'm going with this. This is where I'm going with this. I promise you, this is going to make sense. Our love for Christ is a reaction. Let us sink a minute. Our love for Christ is a reaction to his, his love for us. Or we could say his action. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? When that thief witnessed and saw Christ's love, it changed him. It completely changed him. It broke him. Listen, he began, he began to love the one that just a few moments later he was mocking and hating, and reviling. What was it? Was he thumped over the head with a fiery sermon? No. When he witnessed Christ, what? Was Christ Christ making a list of all the things he was against? No. No. We're, we're so prone as Christians. I need all the Christians. If you're not a Christian here, just, just sit back a minute. Everybody else that claims to be a Christian. We're so good at telling everybody what we don't like. And what we're against. What we stand against. And I'm not, I'm not trust me, believe me when I say we need to Stand. And we need to have convictions and we need to have morals and we need to have a backbone. But I'm afraid we've missed both sides of the equation. Jesus stood for what he he believed. He stood for what was right. He stood for the truth, period. He always spoke out against wrong and against sin. But there was a part of him that most Christians are lacking. And that's the love. Let me show you. Let me show you. Look at this verse, John 13, 34, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you that ye say with me that ye 
as I have loved you. Don't you say you love them. Now we'll, we'll say, well, I do love them. But do you love them like he did? He didn't just tell you to love them. He said, love them like I did. How did he do it? It was unconditional. It was given freely. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. A new commandment. I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Read it with me. Verse 35. By. Stop. By. This. By what? Love. Come on now. By what? Love. By this shall. How many of them? All men know that ye are my disciples. If ye have. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying we're living in a time of social media where we love to post all of our grievances. And all of what we're against and all of what we hate and all of. But that's, that's not what changed this man. What changed this man is he witnessed genuine what? Love. Love. Not, 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 now, now, everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. You think I'm beating around the bush, but I'm not. Some of y'all just are stubborn. <laughs> Melvin, don't be pointing now. Don't be pointing. I saw that. I saw it at my peripheral vision. I saw that. What speaks louder than words? Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. What was the action? What was the action in this particular case? No. Say it. Say it. Everybody say it. Forgiveness. Forgiveness was the action. Love was the motivation. Y'all with me? He forgave you because he loved you. Are y'all with me? Talk is cheap. Say it again. Now, what, what does this got to do? Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Some of y'all ain't going to like this because y'all, 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 y'all love holding grudges. Don't be praying for sinners when you, when you are holding grudges against people. When you're holding unforgiveness in your heart, do you realize maybe the thing that's hindering your loved one from getting saved is that cold, unforgiving heart of yours? And the one thing that may get the attention of those that you have been seeking their salvation and seeking and praying that they would get saved is for them to see genuine, real love through the act of forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness ain't easy. Matter of fact, let me just be blunt and I don't know any other word to say it. We can't do it by ourselves. Forgiveness is a supernatural act that can only come through the power and the ability and the strength that the Holy Spirit gives us. 
But I'm afraid, I'm afraid what I see in this man, I'm telling you, this has just, just captured me. What is the world seeing in modern day Christians? I'm afraid they're seeing hatefulness. And, 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 And please don't get me, please don't get me wrong. Please don't get me wrong in this. Because I, I, I celebrate the, 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 the Supreme Court uh, ruling on abortion and all of that. I think it's terrible. I think it's, it's, it's wicked. Abortion is terrible, 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 terrible. But when that came out, when that came out, I watched Christians be so spiteful. And this is what it seemed like. It was to all the sinners in your face. In your face. We got to be careful. I'll be honest with you. I wish social media was never invented. It can be used for such good, but it can be used for so much vitriol and hatred and anger. Are we loving our, our, our fellow man? I'm going to tell you, the, the, the one thing that changed, I mean, this guy, he's not, he's, he's not just a bad guy. I mean, he is, he is vocally hating on Jesus, but he saw one humongous act of love and it completely changed him. Now, let me say this, Brother Travis, can we say it, it completely broke him? Because you're not going to repent till you are, have godly sorrow. And godly sorrow is about brokenness. And he saw Jesus forgive him and it broke him. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying maybe if we would show Christ-like love, the hardest hearted sinner, we can break them to the point of believing in Christ. If we will love them like Jesus did. Listen. The perception. Perception means what you see, how you see it. He saw love. He saw genuine, genuine forgiveness, real forgiveness. Our love is a reaction. His, listen, when he began to love Jesus, it was just a reaction to the love he witnessed in his Forgiving those who were crucifying him. Number three, now we're back on the sinners. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, point number one told you that it don't matter who you are, don't matter where you're from, don't matter what you've done, don't matter how long you've been in that sin, come to Christ. And this number three tells us how to do it. Let, let's review. Number one. Come on, everybody. Number one, the the past that condemned him. Number two, the the perception that changed him. Then number three, look at this. The prayer that converted him. Let's look at this prayer. Let's look at this prayer. Look in verse, verse number, let's see, uh, verse 41. You have to look in Luke. I know we started in Matthew, but I I told you we're going to take the bulk out of Luke. Look what he said. The, 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 the other thief, the other thief is mocking 
And he's continuing, even after the act of forgiveness that he witnessed, he is continuing to mock Christ. He's continuing to act hateful toward him. And his partner, his partner on the other side of Jesus is saying, man, stop. What are you doing? Don't you see we're in the same condemnation? But then watch what he says. Here's, a, here's, a, here's an important part. He said in Luke 23, 41, and we, talking about both thieves, we indeed, what's that word? You know what that means? We deserve what we're getting. We indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our First of all, first of all, we see an admission of guilt. You're never going to come to God unless you get real honest. Real honest. Admission of guilt. Say it with me. Say it again. Hey, everybody. I know y'all are thinking, well, this is such a elementary topic. Why, why are we spending? Listen, here's the thing. I don't think you understand what this means. What do you remember? Do you remember when, when Jacob, you remember when Jacob went to his father, Esau, or excuse me, his father about the birthright and he lied and said his name was Esau. How many of y'all remember that? Isaac said, uh, you know, you know, he put that fur on. If you don't know the whole story, he put animal skin fur because his brother was a hairy man and he's, he's deceiving his blind daddy. He said, you sound an awful lot like Jacob. No, no. He said, what is your name? He said, Esau. He lied. And he stole the birthright from his brother. And later, fast forward, later on down the road, if you'll remember, the angel of the Lord is wrestling with him. Basically, he's wrestling with God. And he's saying, bless me, bless me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. And what did God ask him? What is your name? See, that was the second time. Both times he's asking for a blessing. And listen, the first time he lied, but in the, you can't lie to God. Amen. You might lie to your blind daddy, but you ain't going to lie to God. And he said, my name is Jacob. You know what he was saying by that? The word Jacob means supplanter. It means deceiver, trickster. What was he doing? He's saying, I am a deceiver. I am a trick. He had to get honest with God. And you're never going to get saved until you get honest with God. Until you, you can, here's the point. You cannot get saved till you get lost. Getting saved is the easiest part. The hard part is getting people lost. Especially when they were born in the Bible Belt. Especially when they grew up in the South. Especially when they had a, a tradition of going to church. Because you ask anybody in the South, are you saved? Oh, yeah. I went to church in 1979, so I'm in. Come on, don't look at me that way. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Watch this. I remember when God was dealing with me about salvation. I grew up in church my whole life. I made several professions of faith. I was about five or six years old and evangelist came and preached on hell and scared it out of me and I went and prayed anything he wanted me to pray. <laughs> I'll say anything you want me to say. Went, went, to, went, to, went to youth camp 
and they, they played that movie, the old 1970-something movie, The Burning Hell, and it scared it out of me again. So we're going to recap it. Amen. I know some of you are laughing. Mm-hmm. You just don't know what it's like growing up in church and hellfire and brimstone preaching every week. They get you so nervous, you think you're lost again. I need to get there. I didn't, need, I didn't get it. The ones laughing now are the ones that's been there. <laughs> Do I have a witness? And all of those professions was in my head. But one day, God started dealing with my heart. I'm, I'm afraid to say, I'm afraid to say there's many preachers that are good at manipulating the head, but they're no good at touching the heart. And they can get you and stir your emotions with scary things or emotional stories. And let me tell you something, getting emotional won't save you. But that day God began to, boy, he began to deal with my heart. And I would pray, I'd go to bed. Watch this now, you got to follow this. This is so important. I'd pray, I'd lay in my bed and I think, oh, if I fall out of this bed, I'm going to go right to hell. Oh, Lord, I wouldn't even leave a foot out. The devil could grab me. I kept it under the cover. And I would pray, I can't tell you how many times I prayed this prayer. Oh God, if I'm not saved, save me. If I'm not saved, save me. I'd lay in bed again thinking about it and get scared to death. And I'd say, oh God, I'm, 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 I'm really serious this time. If I'm not saved, save me. I really mean it this time. And that went on several times. Until one night... <clears throat> One night, I came to the point that God opened my understanding. And I said, God, I didn't say if I'm lost. I just said, I'm lost. Y'all see the difference? I didn't say if. That's not being transparent. That's not being honest. That's leaving the door open. You can't come to God. Well, that's like people say, if I have offended you, come on. What do you mean? If you have offended me, you know, you offended me. That's why you come and you just looking for it out. Come on. If I've offended you, you know, you offended me. You individual. I'm sorry. I missed church last week and it's showing right now. Amen. I had this, I, I couldn't say if. God said, mm mm. That's not going to work. But when I said, God, I'm lost, I had to get what? Honest. I want to ask you a question Have you gotten honest? And a boy on that cross said, We deserve this. You know, you say, how do you know it changed? Because you ask any prisoner in prison, they're all innocent. Just ask them. But he said, we deserve this. First of all, in his prayer, there's an admission of, then B, write this down. It's ABC. It's ABC. There's a belief in Christ. There's a belief in Christ. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
First of all, he was saying, if you're the Christ, remember, remember, he was mocking him. He was making fun of him. He was saying, if you're the Christ, because he didn't believe he was. Now look what's changed. He said, when you get in your kingdom, will you remember me? His belief totally changed. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Look at, look at the third one. C. What was A? Remind me. Help me. Help me. A. Admission of guilt. B. C. Confess him Lord. Look what he says. When they first started crucifying him, he's mocking him, making fun of him. He said, if you're who you say you are. But watch what he says. Watch what he says. Luke 23, 42. And he said unto Jesus. What's the next word? Lord. Is he, is he your Lord? Have you surrendered to him as your Lord? Everybody wants to go to heaven. This is what I've been I'm finding out about people. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to be told what to do down here. Well, it don't work that way. Because if you come to him as your savior, you also come to him as your Lord. Watch what it says. I got Bible. I got Bible. Look what it says. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord. Lord. Say with me. Thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth. Confession is made unto salvation. And all God's people see it. Some people, some people are tore up because they feel like they didn't pray right. Well, I didn't say the right words. Do you, you, know, you know what words he said? Really two. He said, remember me. You know what that speaks of? A plea for mercy. Lord, will you remember me? You say, but that ain't the right words. Yeah, but it was in the heart. You see, the words that came out of his mouth was a reflection of what was in his heart. And you believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. There's way too many have said something with their mouth that they never meant with their Salvation is an issue of the that's how, that's how people can come up here and say all kinds of things with their mouth and go back to living the same lifestyle that they always lived. You know why? Because they didn't believe in their heart. Are y'all with me? Say amen. But this man, he said, remember me. Remember me. What a plea. You know what that tells me? Everybody look at me. I know this is probably boring to you, but it's helping me. You know what that tells me? He didn't even think he deserved to be saved. He just asked to be remembered. But look what Jesus said. Today, this is number four. I want you to see the promise that convinced him. (laughs) 
Yeah. Woo, say amen. The promise that convinced him. Luke 23, 43. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now there's a lot that we can learn from this. There's a lot that we can learn from this. One is there's no such thing as purgatory. That was an invention of the Catholic Church to steal money from people that didn't know their Bible. There's no such thing as purgatory. And number two, there's no such thing as soul sleep. Now, if you've never heard of that, there are people that that teach that when you die, that you just go to sleep in the grave and on resurrection day, you wake up. That's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus said, today, you're going to be with me in in paradise. Now, what did, what did, what did John say about this in John 14? Jesus said to them, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Church say amen. You see, we got two points for the saved and two points for the sinner. For the sinner, you need to understand, number one, this point number one, that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how long you've been there. Come to Christ and he loves you. There's not a sin too big that he can't forgive. And point number two was for the saved. You need to understand that we need to start showing love. We need, we might need to start forgiving people that we've been holding grudges against. And this world needs to see, see genuine love in the body of Christ. Number three for the sinner, it's very easy to get saved. It's not hard at all. It's not complicated at all. God made it so easy that anybody could come to him. Somebody say amen. Number four, that's for the saved again. I want to encourage you. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Paradise is waiting. To be absent, this is what Paul said. Now remember, this is another one in purgatory things or that soul sleep thing. To be absent from the body. That means as soon as our soul leaves this body, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That means as soon, for the believer, for the believer, as soon as you close your eyes here, you will open them Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. It's amazing what you can learn from a thief on the cross. One was forsaken because he chose not to believe. One was forgiven. And made it to heaven. I hope you will too. Listen. I can lead a horse to water. But. I just told you how. But you got to take the initiative. Amen.